Hello everyone, and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm. I am your host, Peter, aka LPD Dubuque, and this week, it's going to be actually a very interesting week because this is one of those topics that i kind of been wanting to cover for a while, and didn't really know how to approach it, nor did I really know how to construct this into a logical thought that people can listen to and not go, wow, this guy's completely out of his freaking mind. Maybe we should stop listening to him. Please don't stop listening to me. I do need these numbers. <laughs> Anyways, what is it this week that I want to get into? And it is introducing you guys to a theory. And by theory, I mean my own thought process. I'm calling it a theory because reasons. Don't ask me why I'm calling it that. Just, just kind of follow along with me here. How about no, you fucking raisin? But this week, I'm going to go into a particular theory that I call programming theory and what is programming theory well that's what this episode is going to be covering so let's get right into it so by first let's cover the definition that i've come to known as programming theory you might want to sit here and just say yes or no when i give you this definition if you agree with me or not what, what the fuck? i don't really care and i don't mind if you disagree with me but the definition, in my opinion, that I have come to formulate is the idea of utilizing the parameters of your lights to the fullest extent to heighten your overall performance. Now, what do I mean by that? Pretty simple. If you guys know how much I like to talk about configurations with your color selections and your flash pattern manipulations by your selections of blanks and how much you use them in your programming utilities. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm trying to work just work with me here but that's the overall idea if you guys know how much i like talking about flash pattern manipulation and color selection and color theory and like how to push these boundaries and really push the envelope in terms of what you can do with your lights to enhance your show overall that's what programming theory is it's literally the combination of understanding how your colors your flash patterns the modes all that stuff is literally taking all of that and lumping it into one section which i call programming theory now what are some examples of what i say is programming theory first example i can think of right off the top of my head concert venues if you think about it, you have an artist a band a dj whatever you have musical talent on stage you have another person off somewhere in the backstage or you know behind the scenes that no one's really seeing but they're over there with a big massive board and they're moving around knobs and cranks and all this stuff and it's manipulating the lights in conjunction to the performance of the musical talent that is on stage that to me is programming theory. You're literally utilizing tools to help heighten your overall performance and they're doing it through programming. Wow! Okay, such as programming lights, programming sound, blah, 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 blah. Another great example that I can also think of is things like theater. And by theater, I mean, you know, Broadway, opera, you know, Shakespeare plays, things like that. Back in the day, that wasn't as much because, you know, they had candles and they actually had a whole orchestra band in the you know the bellows below under the stage so that way you, know, you can hide that that's like stone age version of programming theory i guess do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head i don't know but another very fantastic idea or example of programming theory rudimentally is circuses or circi 
whatever the plural circus is, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, again, they also use sound and lights and things like that to heighten the overall experience for their audience. And that's the same idea that I'm trying to convey here. Why am I trying to convey it here? Because I'm crazy. What? knew it. Stop letting him make you realize stuff. Anyways, the one thing I definitely want to say is how do we apply this to gloving? Which is pretty simple if you really start thinking about it and use, you know, half of your brain to think about this and pretty much know where I'm going with it. Is the first part is your lights. And the reason why I want to talk about your lights is because there's so many different chips out there on the market and they all have different features. Okay, those are your two main things you need to understand is that there's different chips out there on the market and they all have different features. So they'll have very similar similar and overlapping features, but there are still significant distinctions between each chip that they make them rather different. So that's one thing you need to keep in mind. The other thing is, especially when it comes to different features, is that maybe some of the older chips actually have stuff that the newer chips don't have. And that's understandable because that's tends to be the thing is some flash patterns kind of fall out of favor for other ones and so they kind of get left by the wayside now i will certainly say with the introduction things like the osm and the spectra as you kind of get that back with the third party application and being able to configure your lights that way to the fullest extent but that's kind of just me digressing but you kind of get the point and the main reason why I want to talk about why there's so many different light chips and stuff like that and why it's important to talk about it is because each chip out there, especially when it comes to like company brands like Amazing Lights, Futuristic Lights, LED Gloves, Candy Creations, blah, 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 Throw Lights, you guys know the list, but each of them have their own set of color palettes. So that's one thing I also want to stress as well is because since if like for example let's just compare el's color palette to fl's color palette fl color palette has a lot more purples going on in it than you know el's and when i mean by their color palette i mean the one that's built into the chip not the one with the spectra where you can actually manipulate it through the hub i mean when it's built in and you can't really change it okay so just keep that in mind when i talk about color palettes it's the built-in one <coughs> el tends to have purple and lavender and that, that's pretty much it uh, as FL, they have, you know, Dusk, True Violet, blah, 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 Bloom, Moon, all that stuff. You guys know which ones I'm talking about. But there, there's a lot more variations of purples within that color palette on the Futuristic Lights lineup as opposed to EL. And that's understandable, but it's something I do want to stress that that's the reason why programming theory is a thing. It's because you do have these different color palettes as well. Therefore, you do have to take in that consideration. And the main reason I also call it programming theory is because you also have to take into consideration the actual programming of the chips. And what I mean by that, I mean as in the manufacturing programming of the chips. You know, I mean, like how they actually get the chip to do the things it needs to do so you guys have the features that you want in your chips. Six and a half hours later. I swear to God, if people were drinking, listening to this episode, take a shot every time I say chip because I'm going to be saying chip a lot. Anyways. That's one of the things I definitely want to stress is just because of these particular factors within different products that we have on the market. That's the thing you have to take into consideration. That is your basis of the programming theory, in my opinion, because that's what starts your parameters of what you can and cannot do within the chip that you have. The other thing I also want to talk about when it comes to this is accessories. Now, 
Most people won't sit here and think that the accessories actually matter to any significant extent when it comes to your overall performance. And I'm going to tell you this right now, somebody lied to you because it does matter. One of the things I definitely say will say here is that we have all these different diffusers, okay? We have cube diffusers, shield diffusers, dumb diffusers, popcorn diffusers, claw diffusers, cap diffusers, which if you don't know what those are, those are the diffusers that you have the little black caps that you put on top on the outside of the glove. I call them cap diffusers just because they get caps. Don't ask me why I call them that. It just makes it easy for me to call them that, okay? But you have all these different diffusers that you're able to utilize, therefore changing up how your show is going to look overall. It's not necessarily pertaining to programming theory, in essence, but it's like a secondary or tertiary idea that you need to take into consideration that this will also affect your programming configuration of your chips altogether as well. So do definitely keep that in mind. That also includes different casings and different gloves. The main reason why I wanted to talk about accessories is because way back in the day, now people still have them, but way back in the day they were super duper popular. Uh, colored diffusers, colored casings, things like that. Oh, and colored gloves was also a thing. Uh, I, I know a lot of people don't really believe me on that, but yes, colored gloves was a thing. I've seen people were rocking green gloves and blue gloves and pink gloves, mostly pink gloves. People really liked that for some reason. It was actually really cool what it did in terms of tint. That was legitness. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but again, I digress. That's just something I also want to have you guys keep in mind that, yeah, you do also need to take consideration what kind of diffusers and casings and gloves that you're using because they do have a... It might be insignificant to most people, but it does have a significant, you know, effect on on your overall appearance of your lights. You know what I mean? So that's something you definitely need to keep keep in mind. Here's the thing: there are methods of approach when it comes to your programming theory. Okay, there are two main sections, in my opinion. You have your macro chips, which are your programmables. So you know, your spectros, your your chroma controls, your atoms, your ions, your uber nanos. Stop me if I'm forgetting any of them, please. Stop right there, criminal scum! But those those are what I consider macro chips. And why I call them macro chips is because you can literally program any form of light within those. Therefore, they're all self-contained, hence the term macro. And if you want to know what bulb chips are called, they're called micro chips. That's how I just call them. All right, just wrong. go with it. But what I want to talk about when it comes to methods of approach when it comes to macro chips is just these ideas I came to understand. Now... Everybody knows that one of my favorite chips out there that was before programmables or really huge in the new standard was bit four modes. Okay. This is what helped me understand the idea of programming theory. Okay. So the four modes on the bit was three color strobe, one color strobe, one color, bl you know, blinking strobe or seizure mode as I like to call it because it blinked really, really fast. And the fourth mode was the two color blinking seizure mode. It blinked a little bit slower than the first blinking strobe, but you get my point. This is the idea when it comes to programming theory. So I have these modes from an old chip, right? I want to recreate those. So what do I do? I program them into my chipset and manipulate the flash patterns, the colors and everything to recreate this old chipset. That is basically the essence of programming theory is you're literally understanding how chips and things like that have been programmed and manipulating those to your advantages and your overall performance. Now, 
You might sit here and think that's kind of crazy, but please follow me along here, alright? The reason why I always talk about like recreating old micro bulb chips in their configurations is because that's how people had to sit there and think about their chips and how they actually had to go about their color selections because certain chips had certain different features. Therefore, you had to make sure that when you are mixing those, that they were going to actually complement each other. Do you see where the idea of programming theory comes in? Nope. Okay. And it's one of the things that I will also say is that if you are like me, who's an old head who's been around for a very, very long time and has seen many, many different chips on, on the chip market, you know, you have very different ways to, to go about it. Uh, one of the things I like to do is, since I know so many of the old chips and a lot of their old modes, is that I like to mix and match the ones that I like from certain ones to put with the other ones that I also really, really like to make what I would say like my ideal bulb chip of the day if it was back in the day. One other method I will also definitely say, especially when it comes to microchips, uh, that does help kind of bring this new sense of, you know, progression within your show, especially if you're a mode changer like myself in the phasing archetype. Uh, using the same color scheme throughout all your modes uh, really does help, okay? Uh, it's this, again, it's the same programming theory idea when it comes to bulb chips is because since you don't get to ch change the colors, you have to take in consideration the configuration of your colors with the modes that the chip uses. You know, that sounds a little confusing, but kind of follow me on here. But I'm actually segueing into the microchip category. Hey, that's pretty good. You know, you definitely need to understand the color mode configuration when it comes to bulb chips. Now, what do I mean by the color mode configuration? Okay, we're going to take the classic RGB structure of a bulb, right? That is, the, those are the colors within your bulb, red, green, blue. We're going to say a mode that has three color strobe, two color strobe, one color strobe, and then a blink. Let's just use it as the example of the modes that this particular bulb chip has. If the bulb is set up in the fashion of red, green, blue, your one color mode is going to be red, your two color mode should be red, green, and your three color mode should be red, green, blue. When you're getting, when you're buying bulbs, that's how the, the nomenclature of your bulbs are supposed to be. So the first color listed on the bulb, it should be the one color mode and so on and so forth. That's how I've always gone about naming my bulbs because that's how it helps me understand when I go to plug them into a chip, I know which colors are gonna be on which modes and therefore I understand my configuration. Programming theory. <laughs> That's the idea, okay? And that's one of the things that I had to learn early on before programmables were a thing. Therefore, I can actually utilize my chips to their greatest advantage. And, you know, when it comes to microchips, bulb sets, you, you can mix and match your chip sets. I've seen that done a billion times. You know, who doesn't mix up like regular E-Ravens and, you know, iNovas? You know, I've seen that a bunch of times too. So, don't see why you can't do that today. And of course, when it actually comes to the bulb sets, microchips, as I like to call them, is that's where your colored casings and your diffusers are really actually going to come in. Actually, it allows you to really accentuate what your your lights are able to do, and you being able to change up the tint and you know kind of the tint of your colors as well does add a nice little touch to the overall performance. As much as some people don't sit there and really put much stock into it, you will be surprised of how colored diffusers can actually make or break a show. If not, if you know, if you do it right or not do it right. Say what? 
So those are the things I definitely want you to understand when it comes to programming theory. Now, this was, of course, introductory level stuff. This is just to get you the idea to understand where I come from when it comes to the term of programming theory. It is literally just understanding how your lights have been programmed and utilizing those features to your best abilities. Whether it be a macro chip, which is a programmable, or a microchip, which is just a bulb. There are certain methods of approach that you need to understand, especially when it comes to like your bulb chips. You know, you have to understand, hey, how is this going to affect this bulb and how does this bulb configure within this overall scheme? You know, these are the things I definitely want you guys to think about. But alas, that is all for my episode. I'm so glad if you made it this far because holy crap, a lot of people do ask me a lot of questions on programming just because I talk about programming a lot. And I understand because programming can be rather daunting. Okay, but if you have any questions that I did not cover in this episode, you do have the various social media platforms you can hit me up in. Of course, I do have a Facebook page. I am on Reddit. I am on Instagram. I am also on YouTube. All those links will be down in the description below. I also have an email, which is muttonshopguy at gmail.com. My username on Reddit is also muttonshopguy. On Instagram, I'm known as muttonshopguy. Gee, I wonder why I call myself muttonshopguy so much. Do you honestly think you're fucking funny? Anyways. Yes, you do have those various places you can hit me up at. I also have my own Discord server if you want to hang out on there. Uh, I also hang out on the Worldwide Glovers Discord chat as well. I'm on there a lot. So if you want to hang out on there as well, please let me know. I will help get you in there. I do have an invite link to that if you want that as well. So you don't hesitate to ask. And of course, I'm sure everybody is clicking off at this point. Run. But I'm going to say it anyways. If you like the content that I create and you wish to help me create better content, please consider supporting me on Patreon. Yes, I do have a Patreon. A little as $1 a month goes a very long way of helping me get closer to my first goal of $1,000 a month so I'll be able to do this full time. And if you're wondering why I sound so lethargic and apathetic about this very last part is because... I hate having to repeat myself on this so many times every episode because we hear it so many times from everywhere else. But I'm going to still do it here. So, if you like what I do, please consider supporting me on Patreon. I'd like to thank everybody who has shown their support so far to the show. If you guys continue to show your support, that will be most appreciated. It goes a long ways to keep the lights on and keeps me going week in and week out. So, thank you to everybody who has shown your support. That is all from me. I absolutely love you guys, but I am your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD Dubuque, and I'll see you guys all next week.